All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 12 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by Odd Shark. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We've got Dylan D. Berthium. No Michael Beebs Bondi today, though. Yeah. Um, we had to record a little bit earlier today, so Beebs is doing real people work. He's on the 9 to 5. Yeah, doing the grind. Yep. On the grind, and we're just... Uh, blogging you know really we would never be able to do this on a normal day this is uh because it's halloween i think the nhl decided to do us uh do us a good one do us a solid and uh only scheduled two games on a thursday which is beautiful for us uh but we have to pay for that later in the week when there's 14 games on saturday so sorry i didn't want a weekend anyway no i don't i love just working all day saturday me too like what else would you rather do (laughs) just write about hockey all day for an entire weekend but uh all right let's get into the meat of this episode because we've got two really big injuries in the western conference uh that dropped late last week uh vladimir tarasenko out uh five months after undergoing shoulder surgery uh it's the same shoulder i believe that he dealt with last year uh just got worse and uh i mean maybe lifting the stanley cup over your head all uh all summer nice will uh hurt your shoulder a little bit more but yeah he's out five months underwent shoulder surgery so huge blow to the defending stanley cup champions uh lineup uh and then the colorado avalanche lost the second member or a second member of their elite top line, Gabriel Landeskog, expected to miss significant time with a lower body injury. Uh, as of now, no real timetable on his return. Uh, the Avalanche are 
expected to probably release a more, uh, you know, detailed timetable in the coming days. Doesn't sound good, but the same thing happened with Rantanen, right? And then it ended up with that week-to-week timetable mm-hmm. as opposed to that. Well, they did say, though, Bednar said he's like, it's more than a week-to-week thing. So, so that means probably about four to six weeks at the least. Yeah, that's think. what you'd think. Uh, Rantanen, obviously not going to be back this weekend, but like we said, not expected to miss too much time. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about how you can replace those two guys uh, specifically. Um, just trying to give you guys some help on the wing right now. Obviously, uh, not every one of you owns Tarasenko or Landis Cog, but if you need help on the wing, you can also use this as a time to figure out who you should pick up off the wire. After that, we're going to get in. I think it's about time we talk about some buy low, sell high candidates. Um, getting to that time where it's you kind of know of where your roster is, mm-hmm. uh, what you know, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and maybe kind of give you guys an idea of who you should go out, try to target that you can get at a pretty reasonable price right now, and who you should be giving up. Uh, then, as always, we'll close out the show with some weekend streamers. So, uh, let's talk first about Tarasenko's injury. In the immediate future, uh, Sammy Blaze is going to be featured on that top line with Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz. Yep. Obviously, Biebs told everybody to drop Sammy Blaze last week, uh, and you know I, I, I couldn't have agreed more. Uh, but now that Tarasenko's out, um, and he gets bumped back to the first line, that's obviously a, a good spot for him. He scored a goal on his first game on that line. So it's a really good spot for Blaze. I think he's only about 9% owned at this point. Um, so he, if he's available in some of your leagues, you're a guy yeah. that had Tarasenko, I think he's a pretty reasonable pickup. A lot of uh, value in banger leagues too. Right? Yeah. Uh, throws the body around. Uh, definitely just a situation worth following, worth monitoring. Uh, you know, because Blaze doesn't maybe offer as much offensive upside as someone else who could creep in, maybe like a Robert Thomas who also plays on the top power play unit. Um, we haven't really seen Thomas get an extended look in the top six yet um, over the last two seasons, bounce mostly around the third and fourth line on St. Louis with, like I said, uh, some power play time. So uh, that would be interesting to see. Also the possibility that Shen moves back to the wing and they move O'Reilly to the top line. Um, that would require moving Bozak up to center line two, which isn't the worst case scenario, but certainly their uh, lineup has a little more depth with uh, Shen, O'Reilly, Bozak as the three centers, but that is a look they went with last year at times. And they have the ability to, goes out. to mix up that bottom six too, right? You yeah. can put uh, Sundquist and Barbashev both at center uh, yeah. if you have to move Bozak up. So they have a lot of flexibility because they've got some talented centers on that team. Yeah, and versatile players, like you said, who can move from the wing to the middle and uh, shouldn't hurt them too much, especially at the bottom of the lineup. Um, I think maybe the the real concern would be um, kind of the, the drop-off in you know having O'Reilly and Shen play 18 5v5 minutes a night and having Bozak take on some of those minutes. Uh, Bozak, you know, still a productive offensive player, but he's never really been uh, a solid two-way player. He kind of needs cushier matchups, I I guess, to really uh, succeed. And and that's when he's at his best. That that was uh, him in his last couple of years in Toronto, right? They had Matthews and Kadri usually playing against top sixes, and then it'd be Bozak and JVR um, seeing some of the cushier matchups in minutes. So um, obviously that's the ideal scenario with Bozak. But like I said, they did uh, move Shen off the wing a little bit last year when Tarasenko was out. Uh, move O'Reilly up to the top line, so worth following there. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, too, his usage really should just go up uh, while we're talking about it. I figure I might as well mention him absolutely as a t- potential replacement on the waiver wire for either Tarasenko or Landis Cog. Uh, Schwartz, straight left-wing eligibility in Yahoo, 35% owned. Um, like Blaze, he should also see an uptick in usage with Tarasenko's sideline. Uh, one goal, nine assists through 13 games. Should continue to be a steady source of assists. 3.8 shooting percentage suggests more goals are on the way. 
Uh, he doesn't shoot a lot enough to still finish with around 20 goals though. Uh, and then probably somewhere in, in the mid thirties for assists with maybe low 40 upside. So uh, top line, top power play unit. So Schwartz, definitely a guy who's worth picking up. Just uh, if, if you're in points leagues that reward goals a little more, uh, no, obviously he's going to be helping you more with assists than goals. So yeah, I just want to go back quickly, correct something I said earlier. Sammy Blaze actually 20% owned. So not as readily available, but still available in quite a few leagues. Uh, as for Colorado, uh, we said when Randon got hurt last week uh, that JT Comfort was going to be the guy that moves up. Uh, maybe you see somebody like Eunice Donskoy up there. Uh, now with Landis Cog out, everything has been shuffled around. Donskoy is up on the top line with McKinnon, and mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri has shifted to the wing. Uh, Kadri obviously carries a lot of value playing on that line. Uh, as of right now, still just a strict center, though. But if he plays enough games there, maybe he gets... Uh, wing eligibility, and that would be huge for him. Um, you know, right now with just strict center, he's kind of like a bottom your roster guy that you can barely even fit in your lineup. Right. Um, but if you can get some wing eligibility on Yahoo, uh, that'd be huge for his value going forward. He's already playing on the top uh, power play unit, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Um, and then now he's on the top line. Kadri obviously uh, holds a little bit more value now. Uh, 62% owned. So he's not available in a ton of leagues, but if he is available in your league, uh, especially if you maybe need a little bit of help at center, um, I think he's a guy worth investing in. And you know what? What I, what I think is uh, would be nice is if you pick him up or something, and then he he kind of pops off in the next week or so with with uh, McKinnon. Maybe yeah. you just trade him, just use him as trade bait. That's uh, yeah. Uh, first game on the top line last night, him and Don Scully McKinnon, like he talked about. Uh, the line scored twice. Kadri had an assist. Um, I think Donskoy had a had a goal too, right? And then McKinnon had a goal and yeah. assist. So um, obviously, good start. Yeah, yeah, the line, you know, production upside takes a, a significant hit with Ranton and Landeskog there, but McKinnon's still a strong enough play driver of his own. Donskoy, Kadri, obviously two good complementary players, so uh, should still be a productive line considering all the ice time they're going to get. And I watched a little bit of that game yesterday, and uh, the announcers. Um, I mean, people in Colorado probably didn't see it. Uh, but uh, the announcers were saying how, you know, with this injury, they need a lot more out of a guy like Don Scoy. And he looked good. Yeah. Uh, he played well last night, scored a goal, like you said, 18 minutes, 44 seconds. Uh, you know, second most he's played in a game all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so his usage is obviously sky high. He's a lot more uh, available at 8% owned right now. So Don Scoy is a guy for sure worth looking at. I think that line has the ability to do some damage. Uh, I think, though, the this hurts somebody like um, Philip Grubauer more than anybody because I just, I, that line is just, the lineup's so thin now. Right. Um, I mean, they, they've got a lot better depth. Like we said, when we talked about the Brandon injury, they've got, uh, they're better equipped to deal with this now than they were in years past, but it's just, it's going to be hard for them to win games. It's going to be hard for them to consistently score goals. Um, I mean, they lean so heavily on that top line. and then, Yeah, it's going to be a lot like the formula we were used to seeing from Colorado, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, they can definitely get by in the meantime and still put up, you know, a, a positive record. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough. They're going to have to rely more on that uh, third line with Pierre Edward Belmar, which has looked good. Um, looks like it's a capable shutdown line. So hopefully that can take some tougher minutes away from the McKinnon line. Uh, I don't see them relying too heavily on that second line with Tyson Yost as the center. They really have been reluctant to do that in the past. So I, I think the majority of the extra minutes with Kadri shifting up to the top line is actually going to go to that Belmar line, uh, which is not exciting at all from a fantasy perspective. But I do think it's, it's probably the best way for them to go at this point in the short term. Yeah, and Nazem Kadri, uh, just going back to him for a second, on pace for 185 shots, uh, similar to what he did last year in just 73 games. So shot volume's down a little bit. Maybe this move to the top line will help bump that up. But still, uh, you know, 185 shots for Kadri, that's a guy that can be, uh, you know, definitely a 20-goal scorer again this year. 
But again, bottom of your lineup when he's strict center. But if he gets that wing eligibility, that'll just help boost For his sure. value. And it's just going to come down to how long Grant ends out because uh, I think obviously there's a chance Donskoy stays on the top line when uh, one of Landis Gog or Rantanen comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as, as soon as they get one of them back, Hadri's going to move back to center line too and help uh, strengthen out the rest of the lineup. Um, so yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Yahoo not as upfront with their position eligibility in hockey as they are some other sports. Um, so tough to tell exactly what their threshold is. Um, but I'd imagine we need to at least see another, you know, two or maybe even three weeks with Kadri in that spot. So it's really just going to come down to how quickly Rantan can get back to the lineup. For sure. Uh, a couple other guys not playing for St. Louis or Colorado that uh, we want to talk about on the waiver wire right now. Um, Wayne Simmons, for me, I'm kind of surprised that I'm talking about him. I really didn't think he'd have a lot of value this year. Um, so far, he hasn't really, but he's been <laughs> one of the most snake-bitten players in the league. Um, he's on pace for a career-high 279 shots, mm-hmm. uh, which is just incredible uh, considering he's only playing um, just under 16 minutes a night right now. But uh, at a career 12.8 shooting percentage, 279 shots, that'd be good for 36 goals. I mean, if the puck starts bouncing his way a little bit, uh, we could see kind of Wayne Simmons return to the the goal production uh, from his days in Philadelphia. Obviously, a couple of tough years the last few years. Uh, but the shot volume's there for him, and I think he's a guy that you can pick up right now and maybe reap the benefits um, moving forward. Obviously, a guy that likes to throw his weight around a little bit too, so in banger leagues, he's got some extra, you know, some added uh, value there. For sure. Uh, 1.4 hits per game from him right now. So only four assists through 10 games, no goals to this point. Uh, but like I said, 279 shots is incredible. Uh, on-ice shooting percentage is pretty reasonable at 9.4%. So the assist should continue. Uh, never been a huge assist guy. But I, I honestly, like you get 279 shots out of, out of Wayne Simmons. I mean, I think you're looking at 30 goals. I really do. I just, I don't know if he can sustain this, but for now... I think he's worth picking up. Uh, only thirty percent owned. And yeah, and he was just such a consistent goal scorer for so long. And I, you know, what killed him last year as much as anything was the arrival of JVR, really just mm-hmm. cutting into his role and his minutes in Philly. Um, so hopefully, yeah, I, I think there's definitely potential there. And at a thin position, definitely worth a speculatory ad at this point. He had three assists last night, uh, yep. playing on the top power play unit too, right? So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The power play is where he's done most of the damage throughout his career. Um, and if I think Jersey's starting to figure it out here. You know, they lost last night, still scored uh, six goals, though. The offense is starting to come around. Uh, Jack Hughes starting to come into his own a little bit. Taylor Hall, Kyle Palmieri, I think, had a hat trick yesterday. He's looking good. So that first line's there. Um, and then, obviously, that's a talented. Uh, all three of those guys play on the top power play unit with Wayne Simmons. So um, a lot of talent there. I think Wayne's going to start putting the puck in the net. I'd definitely be looking uh, at picking him up. Um, I know you got a couple other guys to talk about as well. Uh, yeah, I get, we'll start at the top here. Andreas Janssen, 41% owned. I know we talked about him a lot already this year. but he's We're just going to keep talking about him until somebody picks him up. Exactly. We're just trying to push him over 50% so we can stop talking about him. Uh, worth mentioning again right now for sure. Uh, dual wing eligibility in Yahoo. Plays on the top line with Matthews and Newlander, top power play unit. Uh, even once Tavares returns, he'll hold on to both of those spots. So uh, four goals, five assists, and 14 gains for Janssen. He's on pace for 23 goals and 29 assists. Uh, which is more than sustainable for him, given some solid underlying numbers. So I like Janssen a lot. Um, yeah, Worth like pointing said, out, the Leafs have four games next week. So do the New Jersey Devils. So both these guys would be nice ads uh, for next week. For sure. So And yeah, a little bit surprising, because normally when you see a Leaf player float anywhere near fantasy relevance, the ownership tends to skyrocket. Yeah, you'd think it'd be up around 75%. That's what I'm saying. So uh, yeah, get in on Janssen while you still can. I'm sure that's going to go over 50% before too long. Um, Alex Tuck. The boy. Yep, coming back tonight. Seems likely to return tonight. Uh, should be back. Owned in 17% of leagues right now. 
Um, so expect that to fly up soon. Uh, starting on the third line with Cody Eakin and Cody, Cody Glass. Glass. The Cody's uh, could definitely <laughs> slide into the top six, but he did score 20 goals and 32 assists in 74 games last year, playing mostly on that third line with Eakin. Uh, so can definitely maintain that sort of uh, bottom of the roster production. Uh, Got some banger league uh, value as yeah, well, 1.25 yeah. hits per game. Yeah, and year. he shoots a lot too if uh, your league takes shots into consideration. Um, so a lot of a lot of value out of, like I said, again, a thin position at right wing uh, that's available in over 80% of leagues right now. So definitely worth uh, giving him a look. Uh, you got anyone else? Yeah, I just I can't believe this is another guy I really did not think I'd have to mention at all this year. But Jeff Carter's kind of really seen uh, a <laughs> resurgency uh, the last couple weeks here. Uh, he's got 47 shots in 13 games. Like if you look at his game log, uh, it's, it's incredible. He's on pace for 296 shots. Yeah. That, I mean, what more do you want? Somebody, you know, we always say somebody's got to score. Um, and he, he'd kind of really fallen off the map. I mean, 13 goals uh, last year in 76 games, 13 goals the year before, but only played 27 games. Um, on pace for 296 shots is incredible. Uh, 11.4% career shooter. I mean, that's a 34 goal pace. Yeah. Obviously, I don't expect him to score uh, 34 goals, but just like if you click on his game log, it's, it's incredible. Just every single night. I mean, just his last five games, four shots, three shots, three shots, four shots, two shots. And then before that, he had a couple six-shot six, uh, six shot games. It's just, it's been impressive. Uh, hasn't really shown up yet. Four goals, two assists, six points in, in 13 games. If you are in a league that doesn't count plus minus, um, he's even got more value uh, mm-hmm. because obviously he's going to do some damage to you there, minus seven on the year already. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, just, I mean, he's only shooting 8.5% right now. I think he's a guy, if he keeps shooting like this, can obviously continue to score goals. Uh, the Kings aren't expected to be a great source of fantasy players this year, but Carter, I think, can provide some value in the short term. Yeah, he's played most of his games this year on that second line with Tyler Toffoli and Blake Lazat. Is that how you say it? Yep. Um, and they looked really good, like crazy strong possession numbers, um, significantly outchancing and outshooting the opposition. Obviously, that shows in Carter's shot totals. Got moved off that line last night, but he did jump up to play with Kopitar on yeah. the top line. So you kind of trade off um, that dominance there for a little bit more usage, um, which, which should kind of uh, be an even balance in the end. Tarasenko looks, or not, sorry, not Tarasenko, Kopitar looks really strong this year, uh, at least offensively, uh, creating a lot of scoring chances, more in line with what we saw from him two years ago when he went over 90 points. So mm-hmm. that's encouraging to see. Um, and who knows, you know, I, they've gotten so used to playing, I follow and Brown with Kopitar there. So I'm not totally convinced this Carter move is going to stick. Uh, but like I said, worst case, he ends up back on that second line with Toffoli and Lazat, assuming Toffoli is not a healthy scratch. Even uh, with, uh, even with Lazat though, like his average time on ice for the year is seven, uh, over 17 minutes a night. So he's playing quite a bit on yeah, that line I, and. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's why the top nine, I think, is, looks so strong, because then you can kind of have Kempe and Kolvachuk on line three, which mm-hmm. is a lot more reasonable, and you can actually get some production out of them there and not have to rely on them too much uh, to be strong two-way players and take on those heavier minutes. So Lazad's actually brought a lot to the team. The Toffoli scratch was a bit surprising. might be more going on than what we see on the ice with that. Um, the only like I didn't get a chance to watch their previous game. I just know what I saw in the box score, and he was a minus four. Uh, obviously we don't put a lot of stock in plus minus, but I mean, when that happens when you see kind of a, a real ugly number like that, you have to just kind of assume that he had a, a rough night. Yeah. At least from the coach's perspective. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> but you Give know, a chance to just kind of reset. Yeah. I think we both don't, neither of us anticipate that being, uh, any sort of, or having any, I guess any lingering effects, you know, he should be no. back in the top six. You would imagine, uh, in a normal role, uh, which really not that much fantasy value himself, but again, it does help, uh, if Carter is back on that line for sure. All right, let's go do some buy low, sell high candidates. Dom Simon, real quick. Oh, yes. 
Dominic Salmon, 2% owned. Uh, worth owning however long he's on the top line with Crosby and Gensel. Eight points in his last eight games. Um, just 2% owned, like I said. Uh, double wing el- dual wing eligibility. So uh, it- should definitely be way more than 2% owned. And, uh, and I would personally be rostering him however long he is on that top line. Even without the power play time, he's uh, proven to be productive there. Um, I know Beeb sent a couple into you. I don't know if you... It's so funny uh, to think you were saying how Andres Janssen, you thought that his... Uh, own percentage would be much higher because normally anybody sniffing the top six in Toronto's own percentage would be high. Yeah. Typically, anybody playing on Sidney Crosby's wings own percentage would be high. It's just 2% owned is crazy. Um, it, it's funny because you say forever, however long he sticks on that line and it's, we've seen over the years, once Crosby kind of gets comfortable with these guys, they typically stay there for a long time. I mean, we've heard time and time again that he's kind of a difficult guy to play with, as surprising as it is. And Simon seems to have fit there. Um, their lineup is fine. Like, he kind of got placed there out of necessity. But now that their lineup is coming back to full health, he still remained on that top line. I mean, you still have Hornquist in the yeah. middle six. Um, you had Galchenyuk return on the second line. So with Malkin coming back, that shouldn't change the wingers at all. Yeah, and he did play there a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, already over 100 minutes, maybe pushing on 150 minutes with Gensel and Crosby this season. So definitely the been the favorite to play there already. Um, and yeah, I do think it's he's a really nice compliment to Crosby. You need a high hockey IQ uh, to skate there, and Simon definitely has that. So uh, yeah, Simon definitely worth uh, mentioning here. Available in almost every single Yahoo league. So that should change. Get on that. Uh, Biebs likes Andre Pilat right now, 21% owned, uh, playing top six in Tampa Bay yep. with Point and Kucherov, right? Yep. So definitely a great spot there. And I think he's on the top power play unit right now yep. as well. Um, so yeah, definitely great usage for Andre Pilat. Uh, you got to be careful and really monitor Tampa Bay because they like to juggle their top nine a lot. But Big time. You got to keep an eye on it on a game-to-game basis, but certainly worth owning. Uh, obviously playing with Point and Kucherov in the top unit. Uh, and then Connor Brown, usage through the roof. Um, five percent owned. He, he's he's looked good so far, and definitely. Somebody I mentioned last week too. They've got a bunch of games coming up. Yeah, and another guy that's going to kill your plus minus if you do if your league does take that into account. So you got to consider that uh, when you're making that sort of pickup. Uh, but certainly, even just on a week to week streaming basis, um, short term value Connor Brown, even he plays that much in all situations, um, offers a lot of upside. Just the nature of it, right? So, would you be stunned if I told you he's a plus seven on the year? Ooh, I would be <laughs> surprised. That is impressive. Yeah, he, uh, he's got goals in four straight games right now. Uh, five goals in his last four games. Sorry, points in four straight games, I should say. Assists. Um, yeah. And I don't want to... I don't want to be... I don't want people to think I'm impressed by plus minus stat. I just mean relative to, to the team. Um, to Yeah, you'd be... like uh, I, I was stunned. Uh, he's obviously bolstered that in his last couple games. They yeah. played a little bit better hockey. Uh, but yeah, he's got a goal and an assist in his last game. Gives him five points in his last four games. Sorry, I got a little hyped up there. I thought I was five goals in four games. I'm like, where have I been? Like, how have I missed all these Connor Brown goals? He's only got one goal in the year, nine assists, 10 points in 11 games though. Um, shooting over two shots per game. Uh, gotta like that. Yeah. So Connor Brown's a guy I mentioned last week. Um, I just, yeah, his own percentage, uh, is so low still. And, uh, they only had one game this week. So nobody really touched him this week. Heading into next week. They've got four, I believe. Uh, yeah. So another interesting ad. Yeah, for sure. There was somebody else I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember who it is. We'll forget about it. We'll move on to buy low, sell high candidates. Uh, one of our favorite segments of the show every year. Uh, while we got Biebs' uh, guys up here, why don't we talk about who Biebs mentioned? Where are we starting? Buy low or sell high? Buy low. Okay, so he's got a couple here ones. Um, obvious ones that uh, in Biebs' words. Um, but worth mentioning nonetheless for sure. Uh, he likes Patrick Kane and Taylor Hall right now. 
Um, Kane's numbers uh, a little bit deflated for sure. Um, that power play has kind of gotten off to a slow start, which is a little bit surprising considering how good they were once Carlton came on last season. Um, so I, you know, I would expect the, obviously that to, to boost his numbers going forward. Um, certainly the usage gives him a very high floor. Um, so he should be able to catch up uh, and, re- you know, that regression should kick in sooner than later. Um, and then Taylor Hall, we've already talked about, um, obviously how the, the devil's offense is looking a lot better right now. Um, seems like him and Hughes might have something going much to my chagrin, of course, but, um, yeah, I mean, so Kane, like a little bit under, uh, performing right now, nine points in 11 games. Um, the real issue is his, sh- his shot volume. I mean, he's got to 44 goals last year because he shot 341 times on pace for just 260 this year, uh, which isn't terrible. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, well, you the, know, the, the shot volume yeah. last year was the only reason he could even, you know, sniff 40 goals. It is a bit of an outlier in his career too. Um, his previous career high was 292. So the mm-hmm. 260 is kind of more what we're used to seeing from Absolutely. Kane. Um, Still makes him a 30 goal guy. And, and then you the, just, you, know, you need the assist to be there. And they, they should be there. They should. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a good player to target uh, right now. Moving forward. Um, you could probably, like, like I said, he's not totally uh, underperforming nine points in 11 games, but definitely a guy that you could probably people get were expecting more out of. Like I'm, I'm sure values down now is from where it was at on draft day for sure. And I, how many people do you think took him over like a guy like Leon? And then they're just furious right now. I mean, oh he, for sure. I mean, Leon was ranked pretty low in uh, most other. Uh, I think Yahoo had him somewhere between 15 and 20. Jesus. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's. I had lot. I had Patrick Kane ranked ranked higher, but like by I think. I think there were six and seven or seven to eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I but, mean, there's there's people that could have taken him over, you know, Crosby, yeah. even even McKinnon for the position just get, eligibility. Just right now. I, yeah, I would imagine Ovi and Kucherov obviously still going before Kane, but uh, he was certainly uh, around a top five pick. I, the position eligibility, uh, much of it is anything else. Still on pace for 45 assists, um, only two power play points through 11 games. That's where you're really going to see an improvement, you'd think, over the you know the next coming weeks. So. Exactly. That power play basically operated at like a 30% clip um, last season once Carlton came on. So hopefully they can uh, straighten that around. Eric Gustafson just really hasn't been the same guy this year, and it's it's hurting that power play for sure. Well, Taves, yeah, Taves has mean, struggled too. I that, mean, Gustafson's... That's what I mean. All, all of the dipping points can all be explained by that mm-hmm. power play struggling. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, we saw it for a really a long stretch last year, that being like literally, if not one of the best, the best power play in the league. Um so, yeah, I, you know, I, I think betting on that to bounce back a little bit is surely a safe bet. Uh, Hall also has nine points uh, through 10 games, but only one goal. Um, so definitely some possible frustration there seeping over from Hall owners that you can capitalize on. Um, Worth know- mentioning, though, on pace for 303 shots, yeah. uh, which is incredible. Only shooting 2.7%. That's something that's going to correct itself in the next couple of weeks. Um, I guess the one thing to point out here is the – we think they're by low guys because we think they're going to be better days ahead. So this also is to say, if you are an owner of these guys, not to panic and sell low, right? Exactly. <laughs> like there are better days for Patrick Kane. There are better days for Taylor Hall ahead. But if you aren't a guy who owns them, I would definitely be looking at them. But if you are, don't panic just yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, to me, Kyle Connor is a guy you can buy low on. Um, you know, I think that it's, while it's great to, go after the Patrick Canes and the Taylor Halls. Uh, those are still, regardless of their numbers, are just humongous names that are you know difficult to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Kyle Connor, not quite as big of a name, but Kyle Connor um, shooting just 7.4%, but he is fired 54 shots through 13 games, which gives him 
Um, a 341 shot pace, which would absolutely destroy his previous career high of 227. Um, and at a 14.3% clip, that put him on pace for 49 goals. Um, not here saying that Kyle Connor is going to score 45 this year, maybe not even 40 plus. But um, I think I was a little bit skeptical on whether or not Connor could continue that 30 goal a season trend that he's had started over the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, and with this shot volume um, and, you know, the the most usage he's ever seen in his career, almost playing 20 minutes a night, there's a lot to like here. There's so much upside, so much value uh, in Kyle Connor, and he's only got six points, four goals in 13 games. So I think that that's a guy that you should 100% be going after right now because uh, I think it's only a matter of time if you don't get on him soon enough where he's just going to absolutely explode. Yeah. 6.7 on-ice shooting percentage as well. So the assist numbers should uh, be bolstered as well. He was 34 goals, 32 assists last year. I think there's no question he can top those this year. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, there's so much talent on, on that team up front still and on the wing, but he I, you know, he, he could potentially end the season as their top winger, right? Unquestionably, yeah. he could, uh, I think, a little bit more of an all-around player than Line A. He could certainly leapfrog Wheeler. Um, and Ehlers seems to be a step behind at this point. Um, you know, Connor's bounce between that first and second line. Neither of them are particularly a bad spot to be in. Obviously, the top line with Scheifele and Wheeler is a little more attractive of a spot. Uh, but it seems like wherever Connor is, that, that ends up being the, the team's best possession line, at least so far this season. Uh, he's posted a 58.2 CF percentage, uh, 6.7 uh, Corsi Rel. So, you know, like I said, just outperforming uh, his teammates even. Um and yeah, it's funny. It's a guy who scored 30 goals on the back of a 15% shooting percentage back-to-back season. So obviously there's some red flags there. Um, but uh, that shot volume will help offset exactly any so, dip in shooting. Percentage. You know, 23 years old, still getting better. And I, I, I think he's shown that so far with the uptick in shot volume and the stronger five v five numbers, you know, he's going to be a force on the power play as well. Um, so yeah, I, I like targeting Connor a lot right now. Speaking of viewers, a uh, guy that we had as a bounce back candidate this year, 13 points in 13 games. He's looked really good so far. Good start, he, and that's still without getting any uh, time on that top power play unit. Yeah, yeah on pace for uh, also to just blow his career previous career high in shots away. Um, Love to see it. Should be, you know, first career 30-goal uh, season for Nikolai Ehlers. So hopefully uh, you guys picked him up in your drafts this uh, this fall. Uh, who are you buying low on, though? Uh, you know, we got to double down on our boy here, Timo Meyer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, two goals, two assists in 13 games for Timo. Obviously a disappointing start. He did lose a spot on the top power play unit for the time being. We talked about that. If not last week, might've been the week before. Uh, but should still be able to, at the very least, return to last year's 30 goal, 35 assist pace, uh, even without the extra power play time. He's still shooting nearly three times a game, right in line with where he was at last season, uh, playing more than 18 minutes a night. Uh, what's really screwed him over is a 5.7 shooting percentage and a 4.7 on-ice shooting percentage. Expect that regression to kick in soon. He should ba- bounce back sooner than later. Great time to buy low on him. I think they're just having a hard time figuring out where he fits in now with Pavelski gone. Um, you know, Him and Pavelski were such a, a reliable combination last year. Um, surprisingly, they haven't kind of played him as much with Couture as we saw in years past either. Um, they don't really seem like they want to play him as that third fiddle on the Hurdle-Kane line. Uh, so right now he's with Joe Thornton, which obviously is not the, the best spot to be. I expect him to be back with Couture before long. Um, Couture has spoken about how he enjoys playing with Meyer. I, I, I think uh, that's where it makes the most sense, and obviously that offers a lot of upside. Um, he's going to be playing a lot of minutes regardless, but uh, skating with Couture, you know he's going to get into uh, basically the best possible scenario for him to produce at even strength. So uh, I like Timo a lot. Um, definitely worth targeting right now. Um, 
And then I got Phil Kessel too, the thrill. Um, uh, Brock Minu, in love with Arizona one. Just uh, play him on every single night. <laughs> yeah, obviously Phil is a big, big part of that. The whole line has been snake bitten this season, and uh, you know Kessel's certainly no exception. Uh, he's got just two goals and five assists in 12 games. Shooting percentage sitting at just 6.1%. On ice at 6.7. Possession numbers through the roof. Uh, 60.7 Corsi 4 percentage. So uh, should continue to see plenty of scoring chances in all situations for the Coyotes. The puck has got to start going in for that line soon. Uh, from what I can see, Phil definitely still looks like a point-per-game player this season. Uh, and I just doubt most of his fantasy owners feel that the same way at this point. So uh, definitely a guy that I'd be making calls about right now. Yeah, the puck's got to start bouncing that line's way. There's going to be a night where they just pop off. It's only a matter of time. We talk about it every single day. Yeah. Arizona plays. Um, the one thing that's very interesting to me about Phil Kessel is at the start of the year, we kind of all seem to be in agreement where... <laughs> The Coyotes were going to get as much out of Phil Kessel as Phil Kessel was willing to put in. Like that's kind of what we said. And every single night we watch him, he looks great. Yeah, he's he looks like the Phil Kessel of old. He's bought of old. He's bought in. Uh, I I love the Coyotes this year. Um, and yeah, like if you know the goal production, probably not going to be there. Probably not going to get back to thirty goals. Uh, but the assists are definitely impressive so far and should only go up. Um, I think you're right. Uh, definitely a point per game guy still this year for me. Uh, if not, extremely close. Uh, 75 plus for sure. And I think you can get him for somebody uh, a lot cheaper than that right now. Um, uh, people, I'm, in, I'm assuming we're we're alone in our absolute love for the Coyotes this year. I don't think anybody is, you know. Yeah, well, the I, most your, your average fantasy owner probably sees that he plays for Arizona and doesn't. And, yeah, you know, I just this 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 start is kind of to be expected. That's what I mean. Superficially, superficially, it just does not look great. Um, seven points in 12 games, the move to Arizona away from Pittsburgh. He's 32 years old mm-hmm. now. So I, I think, you know, if, if you take a very, um, if you just scratch the surface of exactly. it, it looks like exactly. if you take it, but if you t- take a deeper dive into it, there's so much to be seen here and so many positives to be, to be had. Yeah. I like, I, I couldn't feel better about him moving forward. And like I said, I think a lot of people who drafted him, uh, in fantasy this year probably don't feel the same way about him. So don't, I, uh, as we as you were talking about uh, Timo Meyer, I decided to go out to one of my leagues and fire off a, a trade offer for Kyle Connor. Maybe I'll have to go send one for Phil Kessel as well here in the uh, immediate future. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault is my next buy low candidate. Uh, Marchessault, just same stat line actually as Phil Kessel, two goals, five assists in 13 games. Uh, but he is on pace for a whopping uh, 309 shots this year. So I think you see a trend in my buy low candidates or my yeah. um, my fantasy our waiver wire pickups, excuse me, uh, 309 shot pace for Marsh. So guy that shot uh, 10.9 in his career, that's a 34 goal pace, only two goals through 13 games though. 4.1 shooting percentage right now. Yeah. Um, on ice shooting percentage is low at 7%, uh, which is not something we're, we're used to seeing out of Vegas's top line. Cause they're absolutely dominant. Uh, nothing has changed this year. 53.6 Corsi, four percentage, uh, 3.5 relative Corsi, um, lot, lot, of, lot to like here. Um, you know, five assists through 13 games, even with a low on a shooting percentage, is uh, is fantastic. I think obviously uh, it's going to be difficult for him to him, you know, William Carlson, all of those guys to kind of produce at the extreme level they did in their first year in Vegas because of the um, you know the, the talented second line. I mean, they have two first lines basically, so right. uh, they kind of offset each other. They yeah, hold each other we- down a little bit, but on a night to night basis, um, any one of those lines could easily go off. We've seen it multiple occasions. 
Yeah, and I was just going to say now now with Tuck back to yeah. more minutes for the third line as well. And I was going to say, um, too, the fourth is, line doesn't play a lot, so there's still room for, uh, obviously, March so to still get around. Yeah, still playing almost 18 minutes a night, yeah. and, you know, maybe Tuck uh, Tuck moves up to that top line, bumps Riley Smith down to the third line. We'd they love did that to a see lot it. Last year. Smith's actually got off to a great Fantastic start. Fantastic start, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't bode well for that right now, but, I, you know, I we saw back. them try it at times last year. For sure. And, uh, you know, we were kind of calling for it before the season, obviously, the Tuck injury and then the Smith hot start is basically worst case scenario as yeah. far as that's concerned uh but definitely still a possibility there and i think that would only um benefit both march so and carlson as well i think tuck's just a little bit more refined of a player offers a little bit more upside than smith at this point um but it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit to obviously overthrow him in that spot uh gallant's gotten more than comfortable with the three of them playing together mm-hmm. um it's all we've ever seen since the inception of that franchise is march so carlson smith on the top line uh for the most part with some you know a few exceptions here and there but um so yeah gonna be tough to break but either way you look at it march so still gonna be playing a, a ton even strength power play yeah uh, okay now let's talk about some guys that we're gonna sell high on uh, for me, I'll start. Uh, Braden Shen is uh, is my number one. Do you have another by low? No, we're okay, good. Um, Braden Shen for me. Uh, obviously, the Tarasenko injury hurts. Um, you know, you spoke about it. We could see the line shovel could move to the wing. Doesn't really matter at this point because only twenty eight shots through thirteen games. Um, you know, not a guy that's always been a huge volume shooter, but that's only one hundred and seventy six uh, shot pace. Uh, had 159 last year in 72 games, 210 in a full season the year prior. So kind of right in line with his career high, or uh, his career numbers, sorry. But he's shooting 32% right now, um, nine goals through 13 games. So the 32% is obviously a massive red flag. Um, not to say that I don't like Braden Shen moving forward, but this is still a guy that's going to be kind of like a, a 23-25 goal score, not you know the guy that's on pace for... Uh, 56 right now yeah uh, so up you know your average owner is going to see holy shit this guy's got nine goals already um they're not going to dig any deeper than that um the goal production is obviously going to cool off a little bit and then obviously the assist numbers are going to take a hit without Tarasenko in the lineup so um I think that this is a prime time to try to sell high on Braden Shen uh, because you know his numbers are among the his goal scoring numbers are among the best in the league right now, and people are going to think that they're getting, uh, you know, one of the best goal scorers in the league. When the truth probably lies somewhere around twenty five goals, uh, or at least a twenty five goal pace from here on out. Yeah, um, yeah. I the think, hot start, you know, will probably help him get to thirty. But exactly, um, I think we'll see more of the fifty five to sixty point pace that we saw from him last year. Uh, so certainly, you know, still worth holding on to obviously a mm-hmm. uh, legitimate starter in fantasy but definitely yeah a guy whose uh, perceived value is probably a little bit higher than it should be right now um we can uh we can talk about Beavs real quick because i know you love this guy as a sell high as oh, well yes. uh victor olofsson on yes. the sabers i have victor olofsson in every single one of my leagues um which is fantastic um, because he's had a fair fantastic start uh, but there is probably going to be some regression here in the near future. Uh, he's actually the guy I sent for Kyle Connor. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that'll get accepted, uh, but he does have better numbers than him right now. Six goals, 10 points in 13 games. Um, the shot volume is not quite where um, we thought it would be. He was fantastic in that department last year, but on pace for just 176 shots this year, where he had 21 shots in six games last year. So um, the usage is there. The shot volume, for some reason, is not. Uh, he has turned that into six goals uh, as a 21% shooting percentage. Uh, the real red flag, though, is that all six of his goals have come on the power play. Um, so, then, you know, just absolutely no production, really, um, at even strength, which is a bit of a red flag. 46.5 Corsi 4 percentage, uh, minus 1.4 relative Corsi. Um, as good as their numbers have been, and obviously Eichel's been great, 
Uh, Reinhardt's been great. Olsen's been great. Their, num- their numbers are kind of a mirage. They're fake. Uh, yeah, the, the 5v5 numbers, definitely a lot of concern. Um, not only are they really not uh, out-chanting or out-shooting their opponents by a significant margin, but they're actually playing pretty low-event hockey, only yeah. averaging around 24 scoring chances per 60, uh, which is not good, really not enough. Um you know, to, to really kind of establish themselves as one of the better lines to target night in and night out in fantasy. Uh, like you said, all the production coming on the power play right now, 29.8% for the team. Um, you know, we've seen teams flirt with 30% for a full season over the last just few years. It's so hard to rely on that consistently. Yeah, it's certainly possible, but, you know, I'd be really surprised just out of a team like Buffalo um, if we see that over the full 82 games. You know, obviously with the new coach, I, I think they're definitely running some new schemes, um, and it's definitely worked wonders so far. But, you know, over a full 82 games, you got to expect teams are, are going to adjust. Um, that's why it's just so hard for a, a power play to stay hot over a full season because you find something that works, uh, and then teams catch on, and then they take away what works, and then you have to readjust. So there's going to be cold spells for sure with the Sabres line, and I don't think it'll hurt anyone more than Olsen for sure. There's one other guy I wanted to mention too um, before we move on to yours. Um, JT Miller, obviously uh, me and you love Vancouver's yeah. second line. We love Pedersen, love Besser. Uh, but 176 uh, shooting percentage right now, 15.6 on a shooting percentage. Both really inflated. Um, obviously, that line's great. I think that he's going to have a, a phenomenal year. Uh, we talked about him before the season started, how we absolutely loved the potential of him lining up with Pedersen and Besser, and it's happened, and it's worked beautifully. Yeah. Um, but I think that you could... The thing that makes me nervous is if all of a sudden that on a shooting percentage crashes, he's going to be the guy that gets moved off the line and they try something different. Right. Not Besser. You know what I mean? So yep. he makes me a little bit nervous. Um, I, I think that he would be a guy that I would dangle out there for the big name. I'm not just going to dump him because his, his production is not just going to come to a halt. Like he's going to be productive on that line all season long, yeah. but to dangle him out for a, a much bigger name that you know you can rely on consistent usage and consistent production, I think is another guy that's just worth kind of just seeing what you can get for yeah. him because his numbers right now, 14 points in 12 games, fantastic. Right. So I I definitely think, you know, um, if he stays on that line, certainly capable of, you know, maintaining somewhere around a 65-point pace, could probably break into the 70-point range mm-hmm. with the head start he's had. Uh, I'm with you, though. The main concern here, I can't trust Travis Green to keep that line together for anywhere close to full 82 Some coaches days. you just can't trust. No, he just loves, loves, loves to juggle the lines, loves to keep things shaken up. Obviously, has you know shown an affinity to playing Pedersen and Besser together. Uh, but yeah, it's been a consistent revolving door, so I'm a little skeptical, even with all the success we've seen with Miller there, um, that, yeah, like you said, he's not going to move him off at a moment's notice once the line you know goes pointless Cold and back-to-back. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, Hopefully, at the very least, he holds on to that top spot on the power play um, where mm-hmm. he's actually... You would think he would. Yeah, and he actually touches the puck a lot on that power play too, For so sure. there should be a lot of assists that come off that, and he's obviously got a great shot like we've seen so far this season. So um, should be a productive power play player as well. Yeah, one concern is Travis Green. For sure. <laughs> Can't trust that guy as far as I can throw him. Um, I'll do an obvious one here. James Neal, uh, got to mention him here. Obviously off to a terrific start that's helped him racked up. 11 goals in 14 games, uh, just two apples. Uh, you guys should know, obviously, he can't continue to score goals at that pace. He's shooting 26%. Uh, I just think best-case scenario here, he produces somewhere along the lines of a 30-goal pace from here on out um, while offering little to no help in the assist category. He's picked up 19 assists or less in three straight seasons, so he's going to be a very one-dimensional player uh, with you know these otherworldly goal totals are, are going to come to an end. So I think you can move him 
for a lot more than he's worth right now. Um, ownership is sky high too. It's almost at 90%, which always helps. It, it really helps solidify the fact that yeah. when you're making these trades that, hey, I'm not just obviously selling high on this guy. Look, like he's 90% owned. Yeah, it's crowdsourced. People love him, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think Neil's a, a great guy to try to move right now. Um, and then another one worth mentioning here, Nick Schmaltz. Uh, Schmaltz has actually started to garner uh, a decent amount of fantasy attention. He's up over 50% owned. I think he's at about 52 in Yahoo right now. Uh, he's got 11 points in 12 games, but he's done that uh, via a 22.2 shooting percentage, 17.1 on ice shooting percentage. Obviously very unsustainable numbers, red flags all over the place. Um, the one thing with Schmaltz, he's not the sexiest name, so it might be hard to get good value for him uh, right now in a straight-up trade. Uh, but I do think you can definitely work him in as a sweetener in some sort of 2-for-2 two two and 3-for-3 three three, uh, and really push some, uh, a trade in your favor uh, and get way more value out of Schmaltz than you should. Um, so I like James Neal and Nick Schmaltz is, uh, my sell highs. So hopefully, I, I mean, we've mentioned about, uh, six or seven guys now for each. So hopefully you guys can at least make a play on one of these guys here. Uh, like I said, Schmaltz, I don't know what you're going to get for him to straight up one V one. Um, but if you package him with, he helps kind of bolster any trade offer. You exactly. That's what I'm saying. You just it'd be an unbelievable sweetener right now. Uh, if you know, you got like a one V one on a table, uh, for a guy, maybe like a guy like Kane or, uh, Hall. Yeah, or Hall, or even a guy like Kessel, or Connor. Kyle Connor, like you All said. All the boys. Uh, even if you want to throw it in as a two-for-one, I really don't uh, anticipate Schmaltz being much more than a, a very bottom-of-your-roster guy, if not more of just a streaming candidate on most nights once he cools off. So I, I think anything you can get for him, the better, but I, I do think, like I said, you can swing a lot of deals. Go, check, go offer him for Kessel straight up, see what happens, because <laughs> I'm like, well, he's the more productive Arizona Coyote. <laughs> um, I, w- I wanted say earlier too, I was looking at Nick Ehlers is only 76% on, which is crazy. Um, so if he's available in your league, make sure you pick him up. Yeah. Obviously like that, that upper echelon. Um, I imagine he's probably more leagues. available in banger leagues. So you just kind of, if you are in a banger league and he is available, you just kind of well, just like, it blew me away that you weigh said that trade off. But yeah, that like Neil's 90% on Ehlers right. is, um, 76% on the one thing too, like uh, even like a Neil for Ehlers trade, yeah. like a Neil for Connor trade. I don't think like it's totally off the board. I, I'm sure depending on the owner and how closely they pay attention. I was attention just going to ask you, would you rather have him or Andres Jan- like Neil or Janssen for the rest of the year? Like I'd rather have Janssen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, like he's, it's a 50% yeah. difference there in ownership percentage, which is just wild to me. So it's what happens when you get four goals in the first week of the season. People just lose their damn minds. On a new team. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about weekend streamers before we head out here. Um, only two teams that have the real nice Friday, Sunday schedule for streamers. Uh, and unfortunately, they're not the greatest. Um, the Anaheim <laughs> Ducks uh, play Friday against the Canucks and Sunday against the Blackhawks. So two pretty good matchups in terms of scoring. Uh, the Canucks have played obviously a lot better, but... Uh, they're still prone to giving up some offense. And the Blackhawks have just been, uh, you know, they gave up 40 shots in two periods mm-hmm. against the Predators the other night. So the Ducks are a good opportunity um, this weekend. You got Ryan Getzlaff at 44% owned. You have Adam Henrique at 29% owned. Um, if you're in a lot deeper leagues and, you, you know, uh, don't have these guys available, Maxime Comtois at 4% owned. Uh, slow start to the season for Comtois, but he's come around here in his last few games. Uh, picking up points in, what is it? Where is he at? He has uh, points in four straight games, two goals, two assists in his last four games. So comment to what, 4% on. Um, interesting if you're in a super deep league. Um, and then Washington is the other team with um, the Friday-Sunday schedule. Yeah, and I just real quick, our boy Andre Cash 
worth monitoring, especially more so for that Sunday game. Doesn't seem like he could be back for tomorrow, uh, but he did pass through the concussion protocol now. Yep. Um, so we should get an update soon. Uh, but sometimes when that happens, the return comes a lot sooner than expected. So I would not be shocked if he suits up on Sunday. Uh, so just keep an eye out for Kevin. Always a good uh, producer of shots. Um, yeah. I guess you could also, if you're, we talked about last week, you don't really want to stream defenseman, but if you're in need of power play points, Cam Fowler isn't the worst option if uh, yeah, not, especially he's on, the only defenseman left standing in that that roster right now. Yeah, they have there's nobody. not many games at all on Sunday, I don't think, right? No. So sometimes, um, I, I mean, tonight I, I picked out TJ Brody and our league to stream because yeah. all of the forwards that were available in the games were either bottom six or there was a couple that were top six, but they're on waivers, so mm-hmm. I couldn't start them tonight. Um, so sometimes you just, you know, it's better to start a defenseman that's going to play 20 to 25 minutes in all situations than, than nothing at all, right? So not as much upside, obviously, as, you know, starting a top six forward that you can normally find on the free agent uh, waiver wire, but um, certainly better than nothing. Yeah, so Absolutely. Fowler worth mentioning. Uh, Washington, Friday against the Sabres, Sunday against the Flames. Um, Lawyers Eller, 18% owned. Again, not the sexiest name ever, but Evgeny Kuznetsov, uh, went face first into the fucking boards against Toronto. Uh, just absolutely bit the dasher. Uh, he looks questionable for Friday's game against the Sabres. So obviously, if he doesn't play in that game, uh, really boosts Lars Eller's usage. Uh, obviously, bumps him up to the second line. Yeah. Um, they Inversely, might to... hurts Jakob Verana's usage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Ver- yeah, and then Verana obviously fifteen percent owned. He'd be um, one of those two guys is is worth a pickup and. Uh, I think if Kuznetsov plays, you'd rather have Rana. If Kuznetsov doesn't play, you'd rather have Eller. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, you know... Michael uh, Kempney's been really good if you Michael need... Michael Kempney. I was going to say Tom Wilson, too. Ownership is over, like, 70%, but he's available in a lot of non-banger leagues. Uh, both the leagues I'm in, uh, he's on the free agent in the free agent pool. Um, so definitely, if you're not in the banger league, there's a chance Tom Wilson's available, and he's obviously worth a, a spot start as well. And if you're in a league with penalty minutes, he's probably going to fight Milan Lucic on Sunday. So there you go. You got five penalty minutes right there. Exactly. So uh, not not a great chance that he's available in your league, but if there's not banger, you know, it's better than better than not. So um, yeah, another guy that's at least worth mentioning, especially because there's only two game two teams playing Friday Sunday. Uh, but you got a couple goalies to mention as well, I believe, with back to backs. Jake Allen was one, right? Yeah, so Corey Crawford is one. Uh, they uh, they play the Kings on uh, Saturday, Ducks on Sunday. Uh, you'd have to imagine that he'll get the Ducks on Sunday, which is a great matchup for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to kind of, if that's going to help push you over the edge, um, I think that uh, Jake Allen is one for sure. Uh, the only issue is his start may come on a really really busy Saturday. But if you feel comfortable enough, which you should, he should start in Minnesota yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, or if you're just a Bennington owner and you mm-hmm. know you need the start. So. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a good spot for him. Uh, yeah, if you're a Bennington owner, exactly. Yeah, um, just two games on Sunday uh, as well. So definitely a chance that you could end up looking at some blue line options. And again, no shame in that. Better than uh, streaming nothing. Um, so yeah, Ch- Chicago, like you said, and then St. Louis with the Friday Saturday back to back. Good for the goaltenders to target. Uh, Thatcher Demko is another one as well. Friday, Saturday uh, games. So maybe he, uh, depending on kind of who you have going on Saturday, take a look because uh, he should face either the the Ducks on Friday in Anaheim or the Sharks on Saturday in San Jose. Uh, the Sharks right now are a good matchup. They just, they look terrible. Um, I didn't think we'd be here talking about that, but right now yeah, they I'm give not up scared a, They're about... giving up a lot of goals anyway, so yeah. definitely a chance to get the win. Um, and then, 
again, if you get, if you're desperate on Sunday, if you, you know, you're trailing in the splits, it doesn't matter. And you're just trying to make up grounds and wins. The flames do have a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Talbot should get one of them. Yeah. So probably, I mean, normally most coaches start their starter on the front end. So that would be David Riddick getting that ideal start in Columbus. And then we leave Cam Talbot to take on Washington. Uh, terrible, terrible start. If Talbot does get it on the tail end of a back-to-back, but again, better than nothing. Uh, yeah, you, if you've Sunday, already, you if you're already buried in save percentage and goals against average and you yeah. just need one more W, might you lose it? He's the only one available. Yeah. Not the worst thing. Exactly. But take a look at the other names beforehand. But uh, that was Season 5, Episode 12 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. We'll say bye for Beebs. I'm Brock Segan, Dylan D. Berthew. We'll see you guys back here next week. Peace. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. Time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set them free Because it's On a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello. Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.